we find the story of the battle in 2 Samuel chapter 18. 2 Samuel chapter 18, what has happened is that David has been driven from his palace. He's been driven from his palace. He's hiding in the wilderness. His army has gone out to fight, and he's waiting there for the results of the battle. And as he waits for the results of the battle, he's sitting there. He's wondering what has happened. He's asked the army to deal gently with his son Absalom, who is in rebellion, but he's waiting there. And as he's waiting, the battle is going on. The battle is over now. The battle is over, and Ahimeaz, the son of Zadok, comes to Joab, and he says, let me run now and take a message to the king and tell him what has happened. And Joab says, no, no, you can't run today. I've got someone else that's going to run. And so he selects another young man, Cushi, and he says to Cushai, you run, you take the message to David. And But uh, Hemias continued to plead with Joab. He says, please let me run. And Joab said, no, I don't need you to run today. You can run another time. But uh, he asked him again, and finally Joab said, okay, you can run, but you have no message to give. And so it turns out that Ahimeaz was a good runner, and he actually passed Cushai along the way, and he came first to David. And as he came to David and came into his presence, David asked him, what's the news? And he said, well, I can't, I don't have any news. That was the basis of his answer. He had to give kind of an evasive answer because he had been told he didn't have a message. And when Cushai came, he had the message, but he was behind him. You know, sometimes I wonder in our world today if there's not a lot of people running, but they don't have a message. If there's not a lot of people moving out, begging to run, but they don't have a message to give to the world. But my friends, I want to tell you today that that's not our case. We do have a message to give to the world. We do, when we have been invited by our general to run and to give this message to the world. In Revelation chapter 14, it's actually depicted as angels flying in the midst of heaven. So I don't know that uh, Ahimeaz had wings or Cushai had wings on their feet, but they were running as quick as they could. And I think that needs to be for us today as well. We need to be like Cushai. We need to have the message, and we need to be running to give it to the world, because the world has many problems around us in the world today. Now, you might ask the question, so how in the world do you know that we have been called to give this message, or even more, how do you know that I have been called to give this message? Well, friends, tonight I want to direct your attention to Isaiah chapter 43, and we're going to read some verses of Scripture here and several other passages in the Bible to confirm this for you. And in Isaiah chapter 43, if you have your Bibles, I invite you to pick those up and turn with me as we are looking at the Word of God, as we're considering the Word of God, because it really doesn't matter what I say. What matters is what God says. And in Isaiah chapter 43, we find this verse of Scripture, verse 1, But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name, and thou art mine. Now that's a very direct statement that was made here, and it's a very specific calling, But you might ask the question, how do you know that's for me? Well, I want to tell you something tonight in case you didn't know that the Bible was written for you. In fact, it's the letter that Jesus wrote to us as human beings. It's his love letter to us, letting us know what he thinks about us, letting us know about the character of God, 
letting us and giving us the window into the experience of others. And so tonight, I just want to tell you that you have been called. This call is not for someone else. It's for you. But, you know, the Lord doesn't stop there. He not only calls us by name, but he empowers us and he even agrees to protect us as we take his message to the world. Elder Finley shared with us this concept as we were talking about the three angels' messages. He shared this concept that uh, the power that we're talking about here, that these messages are to be shared with power. And you know, God is, is the ruler of the universe. He's the one that has all the power. The great God that we serve has all the power. And this is what it says in verse 2 of Isaiah chapter 43. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee, and through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. And when thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Praise God, we have the protecting power of the angelic host behind us as we take this message to the world, as we consider our calling as Christians to help get this good news to the world, we have on our side the Lord Jesus Christ and his holy retinue of angels to protect us and to keep us. God is assuring us not only that he will empower and protect us, but also that he will give us a harvest of souls. I want you to note a couple of verses further on in Isaiah 43. Uh, Fear not, verse 5, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. Goes on in verse 6, I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Praise God, we are assured here that as we work to bring this message to the world, that there will be a harvest. Now, we may not be aware of it in our lifetime. We not, may not come across it and know it individually right now. But eventually we will know about it because God's word is true. His promises are true. And he has said there will be a harvest. So today, if you're wondering, if I do something, will it have any value? I can assure you that, yes, it will have some value. Well, you may say, yep, you're right. Isaiah was called. There was a calling for him, but not for me. Who am I that I should serve the Lord? Who am I that I should take these messages to the world? Who am I that I should be called to show the love of God to other people around me? Well, let me tell you, friends, my, my, my statement to you is consider that you are a child of God. Consider that you have been called by God to help get this message to the world. On Friday morning, Tamara Horace helped us understand some of these issues. If you didn't hear her message, I invite you to go back and listen to it. Yes, God is in the business of using people, no matter our weaknesses, no matter our perceived weaknesses, no matter that the devil is whispering in your ear, you're really no good. You can't do this. How would God use you? You've got too many problems of your own. Well, you know, I can tell you that God wants to use you, my friend. God loves you, and he wants to use you to help get this message to the world. A verse of scripture that has really impacted my personal life is found in John chapter 15. And John 15 is an interesting uh, passage of scripture because the context is Jesus is on the way to the cross. And as he's on the way to the cross, he has his disciples gathered around him. He's talking to them about things that are important. You know, the last words a person speaks are pretty important words. And the last words here that Jesus is talking to his disciples are really important. And he says things like this, amazing things like this. He says, abide in me. 
What a precious statement that Jesus made to his disciples. He said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. What amazing love. What amazing love that Jesus said, I'm loving you like the Father's loved me. And I want you to think about this personally, my friend. He said, love one another as I have loved you. He said things like, you are my friends. I'm just wondering tonight, my friend, this. How could Jesus call Peter his friend? He knew what was in the future. He knew that a few hours later, Peter was going to be denying him. Friends, I want to tell you something tonight. Even if you've denied Jesus in your behavior, you've denied Jesus in your words, or you've denied Jesus by the way you're living, you're still a child of God. He's calling you into his service. He knows that you have denied him or that you will deny him, but he's still calling you into his service. He says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. And I need you to help me save other people. You know, as we journey into this, though, I want to talk about verse 15 or 16 just a little bit. Because what Jesus says here is is this, I, ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. What an amazing verse of scripture. Jesus himself saying, I have chosen you. And I've ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. Another promise that your labors will not be without fruit. And that your fruit should remain. And that whatever you will ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. We have the promise of God, the promise of Jesus, that if we need something to help do this work, God will answer that prayer in the affirmative because we're asking in the name of Jesus. I want you to know that Jesus there understands the future very well, though, and he doesn't stop. He goes on in verse 17. And he said, these things I command you, that you love one another. What an amazing statement. If the world hates you, verse 18, you know that it hated me before it hated you. What a statement. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you're not of the world, but I've chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. You know, we live in a polarized society today. We live in not only a polarized society, but an aggressive and polarized society today. It is literally no stretch of my imagination to understand how things could turn very quickly into a climate of persecution, even here in the United States of America. And, but God does not leave us in this situation. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 9, Paul says this, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ. Well, what does that fellowship mean? That fellowship means we may experience things just like Jesus did, but he's promised to be faithful. He's promised to be with us. He's promised to help us. We don't need to be afraid. My friends, yes, Jesus is calling us into the full fellowship with him. And in uh, Philippians chapter 3 and verse 9, we found this. It says this, And be found in him not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, But that righteousness, which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness, which is of God by faith, that I may know him, verse 10, and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Not only is God calling us to participate with him in righteousness, not only is God calling us to the faith of Christ, but he's calling us to participate with him even in suffering to get this message to the world. In, in First Peter, Peter recognized this, and he said, Beloved, verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 12, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you 
as though some strange thing has happened to you. Friends, we're facing a time in this world. It's not going to be strange. The suffering may be real, but God is still calling us to participate with him in taking this three angels' messages to the entire world. You know, Jesus gave this so clearly to his disciples. We find him in Matthew chapter 24 saying, you know, this gospel has got to be preached in the whole world. In Matthew chapter 24 or 28, go ye therefore and preach this gospel to the world. And in Revelation chapter 6, we find him through the apostle John recording this message. He said, there's going to be an everlasting gospel and it has to go to the world. Yes, Jesus himself is calling us to participate in getting the three angels' message of his love and his grace to the entire world. Yes, these are the messages we've been called to share. Very specifically, at this time in history, this special message needs to go to the entire world. Very specifically, at this time in history, we live, we are called. Specifically, we're called to help take this message to the world. You know, it's interesting, in the book Maranatha, Ellen White writes this statement, the angels are represented as flying in the midst of heaven, proclaiming to the world a message of warning and having a direct bearing upon the people living in the last days of earth's history. No one hears the voice of these angels, for they are symbols to represent the people of God who are working in harmony with the universe of heaven. My friends, you've been called not only to participate in this, but to work in harmony with the universe of heaven. You've been called to work in harmony with Jesus himself and the universe of heaven to help get these messages to the world. You know, it's, it's just amazing. The disciples were waiting there. Jesus was with them. He's getting ready to ascend. He said, I want you to take these messages to the world, but I want you to wait in Jerusalem for the power of the Holy Spirit. As the disciples met in the upper room, as they prayed together, as they confessed their sins, God used that to bring them to himself, and he poured out the Holy Spirit. And they went forth with power and turned the world upside down. In a few years, the world was totally turned upside down, we're told, because the power of the Holy Spirit had infected their lives. Friends, today God is calling us. I have a challenge for you tonight. I want you to think about what it means to be really unpowered by the Spirit and serving God and allowing Him to use you. It doesn't matter if you're weak. It doesn't matter if you're poor. It doesn't matter if you have no talents. God is going to use you. And God wants to use you in taking this message to the rest of the world. You know, there's a statement in uh, Gospel Workers and, and, and Testimonies to the Church that says this, In all fields nigh and far off, men will be called from the plow and from the more common commercial business vocations that largely occupy the mind and will be educated in connection with men of experience. This is what God is calling for us today. Us as lay people to get involved in helping to share the good news of the three angels' message with the world. I've invited Andy to join me as we close out tonight, Andy. You know, we asked a poll question earlier, and that is, what are you willing to do in helping to share these three angels' messages? Andy, what, uh, what results do we have in? Well, uh, let's bring up the poll results at this point. Um, we had the majority of people. I saw the poll results just as I was leaving. So we have 96% of the people saying yes and 4% saying no. And Steve, I, I want to particularly focus on those that said no. It might be fear. 
It might be feelings of unworthiness. And I just want to point to the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 6. He felt like a man of unclean lips. Yeah. And we should all feel that way. We should all be humble. Yes. And so I want to encourage that, that 4% to bring your burdens to Jesus. He will help and he will empower you. Um, Solomon didn't know how to go in and how to come out, but the Lord helped him. So I just want to encourage that 4%. And I also want to encourage the 96%. Both sides need encouragement, Steve. Andy, I want to close tonight with prayer in just a second, but I want to read this statement first. It says, in, um, and this is Ellen White wrote in Review and Herald, October 17, 1882. Oh, must Christ, the majesty of heaven, the king of glory, bear the heavy cross and wear the thorny crown and drink the bitter cup while we recline at ease and glorify ourselves and forget the souls he died to redeem by his precious blood? Oh, no, let us give while we are, have power. Let us do while we have strength and let us work while it is day and let us devote our time and our means to the service of God that we may have his approbation and receive his reward. Friends, I'm inviting you tonight to take the challenge of doing something to help share the good news of the three angels' messages of love and grace with the rest of the world. Millions of people across our planet today don't know about the love of Jesus. Mm. Let's share it with them. Amen. Let's pray together. Amen. Father in heaven, tonight we come to you, the giver of every perfect gift. And you have given us today the three angels' messages and you have given us the opportunity to share them with others. Please, Lord, help us that we will be faithful. Help us that we will demonstrate these messages, that we won't just know them, but we will demonstrate them by our lives to those around us. We will Amen. live the love of Jesus before this world that's in need. Lord, we want you to come soon. We want to be faithful. Amen. Help us now tonight, dear Lord, that our commitment will be firm to help share these messages under the inspiration and the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This media was produced by Audioverse for ASI, Adventist Layman's Services and Industries. If you would like to learn more about ASI, please visit www.asiministries.org. Or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.